developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today, visiting with us is Dr. Brittany Claiborne. Brittany is truly an amazing person, as you'll quickly see her power, passion, and influencing abilities. Today, we're going to talk about Brittany having the mind of a doctor and the heart of a patient. Brittany's story will truly inspire tenacity, grace, and humor to the journey of life regardless of circumstance. Here's a little bit about Brittany's, a very challenging life indeed. Brittany has a doctorate of psychology in counseling. She's an Amazon number one best-selling author and a Fortune 500 advisor. Take a look at her website. It's full of testimonials. There's one in particular that I pulled out. Here's one from Dr. Mark Drasner, Clinical Chief of Cardiology and Medical Director of the LVAD and Cardiac Transplantation Program. He say, states, sometimes a patient's spirit is particularly uplifting. Brittany is such a person. In the midst of her own serious illness while hospitalized, Brittany was thinking of other patients and used her talents and skills to help them. It was a privilege for me to help take care of such a remarkable young woman, quote. I'm going to let Brittany really tell you all her story of transformation and love in a way that captivates and really creates deep connection. Brittany, I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Dr. Lynn, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to share myself with you and your listeners today. Well, thank you. Well, let's just jump in and and go ahead and start sharing your story. So I gave birth to my son and with no prior health conditions, I was told that I was in heart failure with a condition called peripartum cardiomyopathy. I thought that was the end of that journey and I would get to just focus on healing from that. But two years later, I was told my heart was continuing to fail and that I needed a pacemaker and defibrillator. And over the next five years, I died seven times. I was finally told that my heart was completely failing and I would have to have a heart transplant. That was not something I'd ever considered in this lifetime for anyone in my circle, let alone myself. I couldn't get the heart transplant in time, so I received a mechanical heart for two years. And finally, in 2018, I did get the heart transplant. The heart so if I could, 
Could okay. I ask you during sure. this time, your your little son is how old now that you finally got the heart transplant? I got the heart transplant when he was eight. I had the mechanical heart when he was six, and I died five times between the time he was two and seven. I can't even. That's a whole nother story of how you <laughs> take care of your son. <laughs> yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. please go ahead and continue. Well. Those were the heart things, and I, I was sure, right, after going through all that, I was positive that, um, that that was the end of that journey and that I could really focus in on um, on really figuring out who I was now with this new life, with this new heart, with this, what I thought was a newfound purpose of advocating for heart failure patients and so on and so forth. Um, but one of the things that I was determined to do is I was determined to rest. I was determined to celebrate all that I had survived up until that point. And to do that, I wanted to take a vacation. I wanted to go to Australia specifically. Um, so 12 months after my transplant, I went to the doctor for, for my one-year checkup. And I said, hey, I, I would really like you guys to give me um, some really, really good news. Tell me that the heart is working well because I would love to take a trip. And they said, the heart is working well, but you have stage four cancer. Wow. And at that moment, I don't even remember much else of what my doctor said because I started focusing on how am I going to survive this? And the one thing I asked my doctor, you know, they always ask, do you have any questions? And I asked him, I said, do you have the number to a really good psychologist? And he said, just use anybody. You, know, you can use anyone. And I said, no, I, I need someone that understands and can help me process all of these deaths that I've died this death that I am going to have to go through and all of the loss that I'm going to have to endure, as well as how to live again on the other side of it. And he said, well, there, there's nobody that that does that type of work. So I, and to be honest, I tried a couple of just general psychologists, but it wasn't the same. They were trying to get me to process um, the one time in life that my dad spanked me and not the fact that I was having to write letters to my son for every birthday that I would miss. So I figured that I would become that which I needed. So I started my chemo. But the same day, I also started my doctorate of psychology program. Because even if I didn't survive this, I was determined to at least start creating a, a roadmap for other people that had to come down this road. Luckily, I am here. I am a doctor of psychology. I specialize in, in critical illness psychology. Um, and I, I specifically use a type of psychology called psychosynthesis. Um, so as I was reading a little bit about, about what you do, Dr. Lynn, one of the things that you, that you talk about a lot or that you refer to a lot is, is vision, right? And being able to see beyond that which is. And one of the things that psychosynthetic uh, psychologists use is we use these the principle of disidentification, which is our ability to step back mentally and reflect on what is happening happening within us in order to experience our true self free from any of the inner turmoil that we may be currently experiencing. Does that make some sense? Well, it totally makes sense. Uh, using vision as well as not dissociating, but but getting yourself out of being in the situation and looking at the situation. Yes, uh, absolutely. 
to see if you can see any clarity or direction or I mean that's that makes all the sense in the world, Brittany, for sure. Right. So tell us more about well, first of all, how are you doing now? I am doing really, really well. Um, I have a healthy twelve year old that is running around eating all of the eggs in the house. Um, <laughs> I you know, he called me the other day. I was I was in the middle of a meeting and he he called me and I tell him, Hey, don't call me unless it's an emergency, if mommy's in the meeting. He's like, okay, fine. So he calls me. So I'm like, I, ha I have to take this call. And I say, hello. And he's like, mom, it's an emergency. I said, what's the problem? There's no eggs. He's <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I'm like, son, go catch a chicken. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand what you need right now. From me. Um, so he is amazing. He just finished sixth grade. He's going to seventh grade. Uh, he is the joy of my life. Um, Physically, I'm actually doing really, really well. I do. Um, I'm really big into VR, right? And like the AI metaverse space. So uh -huh. I go to I go to boxing classes in the metaverse every day um, with uh, with a group of people. I actually also do some counseling in the metaverse. People like to stay anonymous, um, and that's a way to help them stay anonymous, but still, uh, it's a really good way to practice this identification because they're able to see and embody this character and see the trauma or the turmoil through the lens of this character as opposed to through the, their actual selves. So of course, when we're fixing other people's problem, it's so much easier, right? <laughs> of course, <laughs> put yourself in another character. <laughs> that would help. Exactly, exactly. This so is fascinating. I mean, has I've never heard anybody really working um, mm -hmm through the metaverse on something like you're doing on really self growth and uh, this disidentification. Are there other people who are doing this or this is a unique, this is I your new special. I don't know that there are any other people that are doing it. I started it because there was a patient. Um, or I, I don't call them patients. They're clients, clients. I call them clients. There's a client of mine that, because I, I do work with people that unfortunately do have, a, a terminal prognosis and they want to find all of the amazing things that they can before that time comes. They want to enjoy the life that they have left and not enjoy it in a, in a remorseful way. So um, I had a client that, that was getting very sick and, and we were in different parts of the country and they happen to have they happen to have a, a VR headset or it's this yeah this VR headset as well. So I said, well, um, what I'll do is I'll create a little virtual office and and it's so cool in the metaverse because they, she comes in and she literally can sit on my virtual couch, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. I can see her little character and she can see mine and we talk just like you and I are talking right now. Um, and there's a chess board in there and there's a little station on the side that has, um, like a little drink machine. She can walk over and get a drink if she doesn't want to just sit there. It's, it's just very, um, it's very realistic, but it's also, it also allows for that disidentification that's required for growth. Uh -huh. Um, it's like loose, I call it loosening the belt. Right. We, we walk around in this in this space with a very tight our, our belts are very tight and everything is very put together. But when you walk into the metaverse and you are this green character, right, with seven eyes, because that's who you chose to be. 
then you can loosen that belt and I can truly see who you are, not from a space of what you're wearing or what you drove up in, but from a space of how we are interacting, not just mentally and emotionally, but also spiritually. Um, so I, I love it. And I'm not sure if anybody else is doing it. I will have to I will have to research that. Well, you know, what's interesting. This is just my take. It sounds like being on psychedelic drugs without the drugs. <laughs> that's, that's what it very well can be. It very well interesting. Be. It very well can be. I'll, we'll have to we'll have to have a metaverse session one day. We'll have to I'll have to invite you in. Um, oh, that would be so interesting. Like, one of like, the things that's so fun about it is I can give them I can give them a, a paintbrush or a ball or whatever the case may be. So if I were to say to you in that space, and, and I did. So with with this, with another patient specifically, he has trouble articulating words. Um, he just doesn't. He's like, I don't have the words. So you are able to draw in the metaverse, and I am able to see what you are drawing, right? You're able to draw in the sky. So I'm able to to have my character walk over to his character and he just starts drawing in the air. And I say, okay, when you were in that space with your, with your sister, what did it feel like? So he picks black and he just draws this, this dark, 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 dark square. And I'm like, okay, so from that, you're telling me that it was very dark. You felt boxed in. You felt like you couldn't change and you felt like you couldn't see. Is that, is that pretty accurate? There was no clarity in that space but you felt boxed in. And he's like, yes, exactly what it feels like. So it allows for so many other options when it comes to treatment or whatever it is that the person is going through. So you really just take away so many of the barriers and restrictions that we put on ourselves and keep us from expressing or seeing or experiencing what's really going on. By right. it's, it's that vision piece, right? If, if um, as, as you know, right, if, if someone's vision is taken away, everything else becomes enhanced, right? Everything else becomes a little bit stronger because we are made to adapt. We were created to evolve. And when we are able to step into the power of our evolution, then we can break down barriers and walls and truly figure out not only who we are, but what we're here to, to produce and how we can best produce those things, not just for us, but for the people around us. So, so yes, absolutely. So we're coming up to a break in just a couple minutes. So I might have to interrupt uh, what you're telling us, but what have you, what happens as you break through some of these barriers and, and people really find their expression and their self-expression what is the process or do you, you know, get them back in identification? You t- use the word disidentification. How do you integrate them back into this is you? This is really you, not not your character speaking. That's great. That's a fantastic question. Um, so the process of that is um, there's there's three parts. The first part of it is we release the versions of them that they that we created to survive because we all create versions of ourselves, right? We create versions of ourselves that that we needed in those moments to help us survive that thing or that moment. So um, so th- that's the first part. We, we identify and release the versions of ourselves we have created to survive. The next thing we do is we shift our mindsets, our environment, and our self-talk. 
And when I talk about shift, that that takes a while. That takes a while for some people. Uh, and I tell them shifting is accessing a different part of yourself, right? Because we, we all, we, we work with computers all day long. So I can press the A key all day long. And no matter how many times I press it or how hard I hold it down, it's going to give me a lowercase a. This keyboard is exactly what it is until I press the shift key. When I press the shift key on my keyboard, I am able to access a completely different keyboard all within this one. So when they come out of that space of disidentification, they are pressing the shift key on their personality, on their minds, on their hearts, on their spirits, and accessing another part of themselves that's always there, but they have to choose to press that shift key. So we release the versions of us that we created to survive. Wow, I'm gonna have to stop here because we have a break and we'll leave the audience, you know, our listeners in suspense as to, you know, after the shift key, what's the next step? So we'll come back to, <laughs> to this reintegration in uh, just a few minutes. We'll take a break and see you on the other side. Dr. Lynn will be right back after this. Discover the power of the seeing brain, the creator of your true vision. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's number one bestseller book, Expand Your Vision, helps you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Remove roadblocks and visualize your new lens to see and experience your world. Get Expand Your Vision on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Vision Beyond Sight will help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Join Dr. Lynn each week for a new exciting episode, Vision Beyond Sight. Can your child organize, really organize? Parents and teachers will have practical step-by-step strategies and templates to help get their children organized with Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's Organize It Workbook. Increased organizational skills create success and confidence in school, sports, and life. Get Organize It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn. Hey, everybody. We're here with Dr. Brittany Claiborne, who uh, is a psychologist, counseling psychologist, 
and she has been telling us it's fascinating uh, information how she's utilizing the metaverse to help her clients really break through um, some real blocks and barriers. And and so I'm going to let Dr. Brittany continue. Uh, she were talking about three parts to reintegration program, but I'll let you pick it up and, and carry on there. Absolutely. So uh, we were talking about, like, like you said, those three parts. The first part is releasing the versions of us that we created to survive. The second part of that is being able to shift and access that that part of us that always has been there, right? Um, but that we often forget, but we can access that by shifting. And then lastly, um, once we do those two things, we are able to walk boldly into our evolution. And evolution for me, what I, the way that I describe it and the best way that I can describe it, right? Because we we know the word evolution. We've, we, we talk about it all the time. Um, it's actually a really big word right now, I feel like, in society. Um, but nobody really actually knows what it means. <laughs> yeah. um, nobody actually really knows what it means. So so for me, the easiest way to break it down or to to help people understand what that means is by breaking the word evolution down. And what I do is I break it down from the back to the front. So if we take the T-I-O-N in evolution, that T-I-O-N simply just, it means the process of. Um, so the process of, and then you, uh, so we'll put that there. So the process of you or the process of self. And because we are activating that shift key, that E-V-O-L flips and becomes L-O-V-E. So when we really truly look at evolution and what it means to evolve, we are simply looking at the process of self-love. And as we reintegrate ourselves back into, into ourselves, that's what we want to do it with. We want to do it with self-love. We want to talk to someone. We want to talk to ourselves like someone that we love. We want to, to, to treat ourselves like someone that we love. We want to think of ourselves as someone that we love. So no, I don't like eating breakfast, but if my son got up this morning and he hadn't eaten I would be worried. Right? I'd be like, are you, are you sure you don't want breakfast? It's 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 the it's the most important meal of the day. Have a banana at least. Have something to give your body some fuel. But I won't do that for myself. Right. So by being able to by being able to have that experience where I was able to step back, disintegrate, and now I'm able to reintegrate back into a space where I've released all of the trauma. I have shifted to this new version of myself, and now. I'm walking in self-love. I am able to see the world clearer and see who I am in the world clearer because that's where our vision gets cloudy. It's really just our vision of ourselves in relation to the world. You know, I am so touched by what you're saying. I can hardly speak. Uh, <laughs> and I, I believe he's, Brittany Speaks, isn't that the name of... Brittany uh, Speaks is, yeah. yes, that's the name. <laughs> that is so funny. And it's all about envisioning. So, I mean, there's just, you know, I, I think that's why I resonated so much with your story. Be, mm -hmm. Besides how amazing and what you've been through and 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 where you're at, how you use the power of your vision and love to um, to see and live your life differently. Uh, are you mainly seeing patients that are critically ill right now? You know, or clients, I should say. 
That's a great question, Dr. Lynn. Um, <laughs> I, I am seeing humans. That's, that's the answer, honestly. I'm seeing humans. Um, and I can't, as much as I, as much as I try to, I cannot limit to a disease or to some set of some, I, I just can't. There, there are so many people in our world that are hurting and there are so many people in our world that want to evolve and that want to be better and that want to transition into renewal. And I, so the answer to that is no. I, I, I am seeing and accepting humans in whatever form they may be in. Yeah. What a beautiful answer and exactly what I should have expected. Um, <laughs> because in talking to you, and we mentioned, the, you know, when we were speaking over the break, I could see this type of um, counseling so useful, especially for teens and, you know, people that are really into metaverse and understanding, mm -hmm. you know, that's their technology and that's what they're playing in. And to be able to do that, I just, I mean, I have a whole bunch of patients I need to refer you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. But I want to take a step back first, because uh, you had mentioned when you were talking about, you know, especially working with patients that were chronically ill and, mm -hmm. and, and it was very difficult to even find doctors, not psychologists, but doctors who could really right. talk openly and honestly. And I just attended a, a meeting called the conference of global transformation through the landmark education system. And that I had, um, one of the oh, wow. keynotes was a, a pediatrician who after 25 years retired from that and been, took all the training, became a hospice specialist. And it was oh, all wow. about conversations with people that people and their family, you know, the, the, not only the patient, but their family about truly having open conversations about their life and where they're at. And I mean, it was so, so moving. And, you know, you made a comment about really talking about, you know, what, what do a lot of the people mention to you that they still want to enjoy, you know, you know, most people aren't saying, I wish I had 10 more minutes to finish my paper at school or or do all my right. office work. What are, and I'm sure it's very individual, but what are some of the kinds of things you hear from people who are especially critically ill um, mm -hmm. saying that they, they've either lost that on or still would really like time to enjoy? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, most of them... And even if they don't say these words, the common theme is they usually wish they didn't spend so much time trying to make money. There's not necessarily one thing that they say, I wish I would have gone to Disney World or I wish I would have spent more time at, you know, watching my son play baseball. But they will say, I spent too much time trying to make money. Hmm. I spent too much time trying to create wealth. And one person specifically just recently said, I'd spent too much time trying to create wealth, not realizing that my wealth was within me. So I right. should have spent more time accessing who I actually was and leaving that with my family as opposed to leaving money. 
And we all know that. We've heard right. those kinds of things before. Yet that doesn't necessarily change our actions. And it's because I, I, I have thought about that so many times. One of the things that I ask um, when I when I start a speech, I, I ask my audience, I say, if you were able to offer something, anything in the world to another human, what would you offer them? And people give me amazing answers. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Nobody ever says money. Nobody. Yeah. Yet we tell our children before we leave the house, listen, I want you to go to school and do a great job so that you can make a lot of money. We don't tell them, go get a great job so that you can create a lot of love or so that you can create a lot of joy. But wouldn't our world look different if we did? Oh, you got that right. So why don't we say money? We, we don't say money because we know, right? Because we know that Steve Jobs died with how many billions of dollars? So money, as great as it can be and as amazing as it can offer, as amazing, as, as amazing of a life as it can offer access to, you know, we hear the stories all the time, right, of the kings that have all the money, but they're lonely. Right. We are the gift. Humanity, connection, purpose, passion, love. Not even an intimate love, just love. Whether it's the love of a pet or the love of a, um, uh, my niece wants one of these, these plants that eat, what do you call the plants that eat the bugs? Oh, yeah, those things. Right? Yeah, she wants one of those, and I'm like, I mean, okay, but <laughs> it's your birthday, you can have one if that's what you want. Keep it alive, but but it's something to care for. It's something that that offers connection. It's something that that allows you to say, I have to get back home because I have to feed my eating plant, whatever it's called, <laughs> or I have to feed my dog. Or I have to check on my son. But then I have another friend that doesn't have anything to go home to. But is one of the most successful men that I've ever met in my life. And also one of the most miserable. Yeah. Because there's nowhere to put his humanity. So he can go through all this work with me and reintegrate. But then he goes, okay, I know what I want out of the world now. That's why... These people give away all of their possessions because they realize in the end, none of this is important. And imagine a world if we took action, like you said, mm-hmm. now, you know, I, for the listeners, you and I were chatting over the break and I, I, I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that your health is, is good and you feel well and your son's great. And he said, so what do you do for fun? Mm-hmm. Go, go ahead. Tell, tell our audience your answer for that. I, I do this for fun. I, have, I, have, I am so blessed that I love what I do. I love helping people to create environments where they can heal. I, lo- I mean, love it. If I had millions and millions and millions of dollars, and I don't, I would do that for free. And probably maybe work at a zoo, right? But, <laughs> but but I love 
this work because there is nothing more beautiful, Dr. Lynn, than watching somebody walk into, quote unquote, walk into my office or walk into my virtual space or feel them when they get on a phone call and feel the heaviness and the hopelessness that they're carrying and to watch the transformation of them learn how to love themselves and how to exist in a way that makes them love everything around them, good and bad. The transformation that I am able to watch, it's the joy of seeing the butterfly fly off for the first time and realizing, oh, he's gone through a lot to go from what he was to what he is. Yeah, that is such a gift. Mm-hmm. to the person and to you. And I know when I have personally worked with people um, on expanding their vision, when somebody mm-hmm. allows you in at such a personal, deep level, that in itself is a gift for somebody to even allow you in yes. and to see them discover their magic, whatever. It's like looking through the world in a whole new lens um, mm-hmm. and to transform. I, I know that. That that is what moves me the most of mm. anything I do in my life is being with somebody at that that kind of level and letting them find and you said it so beautifully, you know, their love, their joy, their peace, whatever it is that mm. that moves them. I, you know, a, a quick story when my daughter graduated Syracuse University, they had Billy Joel as the the keynote speaker. Nice. And, Billy, and, you know, people love Billy Joel's music. He never went to college or graduated from college. Mm. And it's so interesting because I'm going to tell you what he said over and over again, and it got so, quote, boring, but it is the only college graduation speech that I remember anything from. <laughs> and all he would say is, love what you do, do what you love. Love what you do, do what you love. And after a while, it was That's repetitious, right. but boy... It stuck with me, and I remembered it. And um, yeah, of all the big names and people I've ever heard, Billy mm-hmm. Joel's the one that I remember being inspired at a college graduation. That's right. Love what you do and do what you love. There's nothing, because what else is there? If today or tomorrow, my doctor tells me, Brittany, we can't. There's nothing else we can do. Your medicines have stopped working. Your life is is going to end soon. I am so honest, Lynn, in the fact that I can say, okay, okay, I'm really proud of how I lived and loved in this lifetime. I am so proud of the way that I mothered my son. I am so proud of the way that I gave my mother her flowers while she was alive. I'm so proud of the way that I've shown up for and loved my friends with everything in me. I'm so proud of the way that I have poured out everything that I have to help other people heal. So if my journey is over, I am okay with that. And I think that is the ultimate goal is to be able to say, if my life ended today or tomorrow, would I be able to leave this earth in peace and proud of who and what I have been and what and the legacy that I'm leaving behind? And for me, that answer is yes. Such a young, wise age that you have, I mean, you've gone through so much to find that. 
what could you say? What are, in our last couple minutes, what can you say to our audience to help them really move, you know, go through uh, your steps of releasing ver- your versions of themselves and, and the shift key and, and walking boldly into evolution? What can you tell our, our listeners how to start moving forward? They don't need to be at their last days of life to start making those decisions. This That's could right. happen now. It it and it can and it sure. The 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 thing that I because the butterfly is so easy to relate to, and we've all seen caterpillars and we've all seen butterflies. I I would I tell people all the time, we will crush the caterpillar, but we will honor the butterfly. Remember that they are one in the same. There is a butterfly inside of every single person that we encounter. There's a butterfly inside of us. So don't crush yourself. Don't crush that person. Yes, they may not be where you want them to be. They may be creepy and crawly and <laughs> crawling on your window seal. But, but if you will give them time and space to evolve, They will be a beautiful butterfly. And by giving them the space to be who and what it is that they are meant and created to be, by allowing ourselves space and time to be the fullest example and the fullness culmination of who we were meant to be, the entire world literally changes. Butterflies crawl around, they, they dig in the dirt, they, they have one very specific space that they can stay in because that is their range of motion. That's the caterpillar, right? But once the butterfly is born, once the butterfly comes out, it has new friends. It eats a different way. It, it processes a completely different way. And all of that is within us. You will not be like this forever and you can choose to step into your evolution right now. Well, I am so touched and moved, Brittany, by you, by your words. You know, it brought me back when I first started my podcast, I interviewed my grandkids. One, <laughs> That's amazing. one was 11 and one was seven. And they were both, I, I talked to him about the power of visualization. Mm. The little seven-year-old says, because we were having fun, I said, you know, life's all about fun, don't you think? And the little seven-year-old says to me, well, yeah, but it's also about helping people and being loving and being kind. I love that. And I just thought, man, it's never too young to start. Ever. And so we only have 30 seconds to go. I just thank you truly from my whole heart to your whole heart. Thank you. Thank you for your words, for who you are and what you're doing in this world. And um I just appreciate that we finally did make connection and, and <laughs> yes, truly uh, my love and, and best of health to you. Thank you so much. And to you as well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks to everybody for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye now.
Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.